I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabel. And this is Womance. A podcast about romance novels. About motor vehicles. About long lost loves. About Florida coasts. Second chances. Third chances. Secret babies. <laughs> Thong underpants. Raging hard dicks. The hollows of your cheeks. Becoming visible. <laughs> Cars. I already said motor vehicles. Biracial naming politics. <laughs> but most of all, that first thing. <laughs> Romance novels and about ourselves. That's right. This week's episode, we're talking about All Revved Up, a dirty little novella by Sylvia Day. Sure is. Hits two particular tropes that are common to the genre. We've got a secret baby and we've got second chance. Goo goo gaga shh. Well, it's not really a secret baby at this point. It's a secret teen. Oh, God, which makes it so much worse. You're not the boss of me. (laughs) Secret baby. Secret teen. Mm. The weird thing is, is the teen is in her belly the whole time, just like a real secret baby. (laughs) Just he's listening to his music too loud. Leaving his shit all all over the floor. floor, Jacking off into everything (laughs) and then acting like it isn't obvious that he jacked off into everything. (laughs) Those towels were from Neiman (laughs) (laughs) Why would you flush a sock? I just want you to be honest with me. When you shake hands with the devil, you just have to tell me. That is not what the J. Crew catalog is intended for. I don't care how many buttons were undid. They are so pleasing. (laughs) So pleasing. They're so beautiful. The ladies have very nice lip colors. They do. And like very neutral nails. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Everything a young boy (laughs) is looking for in a young lady. (laughs) Classy dames. Uh Mm -hmm. Morgan, the reason why I had us read this one is not only because Sylvia. Yeah, explain it. It's because Sylvia Day is a big name and she has been for some time. But this is a novella, so it reads quick. And I know that you're super against the secret baby trope. But if we're going to talk about romance novels, we have to talk about Secret Baby. Yeah. So basically what Isabeau tried to do is there's this old metaphor, which is like, how do you boil a frog? And it's you slowly increase the heat. (laughs) And people use this metaphor oftentimes to refer to how the Nazi party came into power in Germany. But it also applies really easily to what Isabeau is doing to me (laughs) and the Secret Baby trope. As soon as I heard the teen about the teen named Michael, which the romantic hero on this book is named Miguel. I immediately knew what was happening, (laughs) but I was halfway through the book, which is only 98 pages because it's a novella. And so I just went forward. I didn't want to, but I did for you people and for Isabel. So that we can talk about it. It's it's a fairly popular subgenre that deserves as much exploration as all of the others. Maybe we'll get to it in another episode, but for now we are talking Secret Teen. That's true. Not the baby. next book we read is going to be Secret Tween. <laughs> the book after that is going to be Secret, secret Child. Secret Grade Schooler. <laughs> secret Toddler. Secret Baby. And then Secret Baby. Then Secret Fetus. Uh-huh. Then Secret Abortion. <laughs> Show your work. (laughs) 
Okay, so do I have to do the summary? You do. It's going to be easy because this book is basically pornography in that uh, this is a very thin plot meant to propel sex scenes. Mm -hmm. The sex scenes don't happen anywhere interesting. They all occur in the same place. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, so basically sexy millionaire Miguel returns to his hometown to confront his high school girlfriend who coldly abandoned him in spite of the fact that they were having all sorts of great high school sex. (laughs) He shows up to the fucking mechanic that she works at with her family, her family owned auto shop. Guess what, guys? She's not like regular girls. (laughs) She knows how to fix cars. Which also gets him hard. Let's talk about the opening line (laughs) of this book in just a moment. Let me finish my plot summary because we're about two words away (laughs) and they fuck. (laughs) <laughs> a lot. They go back to a cottage and a B&B that I guess they used to rent when they were high schoolers. He is a millionaire. To make love. And eat. then they go to a sports bar, <laughs> create their own app stamp. And then it turns out that the reason she left him is because she was pregnant in high school and she didn't want him to give up his dream of Princeton. And then he kept talking about all the hot babes he was boning in college. And Mm -hmm. so she never told him about his child, Mm -hmm. who is now a teenager. Uh, And at the end of the book, they decide that they're going to get married on a beach. They're going to try it out. They're going to try it out. Dot, dot, dot. Sequel. Anyways... The plot's stupid. Sure. The characters are all bad people. Except for Miguel's mom. Whoa! Hot take! Let's, like, we gotta unpack that one, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Before we even move on, we gotta, we, like, set the stage of Miguel's mom here. Okay. So, Miguel's mom is in on the secret baby and doesn't tell her son for 12 years because she wanted to make sure that our heroine wasn't a gold digger, which she She'd been telling Miguel for years. No, that's not why. She gave a really good reason. Give me my phone. I had to buy this book on iBooks. I had to re-download iBooks in order to find this book. I thought maybe perhaps it would be available at the Chicago Public Library. It wasn't. So in chapter five, he confronts his mom about not telling him. And she said, initially the plan was to tell you as soon as you graduated graduated from Princeton from Princeton and Miguel asks his mom why wait and his mom replies she was so afraid she was going to ruin your life and Miguel says and you didn't disabuse her of that bullshit notion and her his mom responds it wasn't bullshit she was a young girl still in high school she wasn't going to be able to go with you at that time in her life she needed stability and her mother you wouldn't have left her not like that and even if we convinced you to go ahead for a year you would have insisted she join you after the baby was born which would have taken her away from her support system and jeopardized your studies and also also, as his mom is saying between the lines, you weren't qualified to be a father. That's true. And she had a whole family who could have supported her. And did. And did. And then she says, you know, you were the one who was telling me that you were hooking up with all these women and you told me that because you knew that I would tell her that. I felt like I was just fulfilling what my son wanted me to do. And she made decisions based on what you were doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, Miguel's mom. Miguel is a little shitbird. I agree that Miguel's a shitbird. But like the idea that from the beginning, both Miguel's parents had been telling him not to get tied down by his high school sweetheart. She's a gold digger. She's from the wrong side of the tracks. Her Mm -hmm. family owns this mom and pop auto shop like she's not good enough for you so even though the line about she had a support system and she needed her mom like you're right that is a really good line it does make me really like Miguel's mom in that moment like she's not innocent in the ruse and or like a good person in this I mean she's the best person in this 
I don't know if I agree with that. I who like, do you think is the best person in this? I think they're all equally bad. The woman who owns the B&B? No, because the woman who owns the B&B was letting a room to high school students. That's pretty bad. Although, they were both 18. And Come they on. had the money. And so their money's like, green, as green as anybody <laughs> else's. And Uncle Sam says that they can go out and kill people at 18, so far be it for the B&B owner to deny them a room. I'm pretty sure the book talks exclusively about sex that occurred between them when they were 18, but it is obvious that they were having sex before they were 18. Yes, they were. If you are a young person and you're having sex before you're 18, stop it right now. I know you're probably listening to this podcast while you're consummating your teen relationship. You need to cut it out. It's not legal. And we at Womance do not endorse anything that's illegal. I also don't endorse this message at all. (laughs) At all. If you're getting busy at 16 or Keep fucking, children! (laughs) Hyphen Isabeau. (laughs) Keep fucking, children. Do it safely. Like, ask me about my IUD. Ask me how I feel about long-acting birth control and safety. Those are all, like, really good questions. And one of the things that really did disturb me about this book is that birth control was never brought up. And the first time he ejaculates inside of her, he's like, good, I hope she's pregnant. And I'm like, you're disgusting. Yeah, he is actually disgusting. Yeah. He also hate fucks her. A bunch of times. And the whole time it's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I guess you gotta do it this way, but eventually you'll come around. And then and we'll love have, me tender. And love me tender. And uh, in a way he does, in that he allows her to S his D. <laughs> Uh, for his birthday, the exact phrase, my 30th birthday is like six minutes away and I want to be inside you. That was when I turned 30. (laughs) 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 So Miguel shows up in the town, goes immediately to the auto body shop and he sees her and his dick immediately gets hard. Oh, it's it's the smell. It's the smell. Hold on. Read the first line of this book. It's so good. The smell of motor oil, degreaser, and coolant were among the very few scents in the world that made Miguel Santos's dick hard enough to drive nails. Drive nails! (laughs) This book... He blamed that on Faith Bennett, period. The girl he'd loved with the wild, intense passion only experienced in adolescence. The girl he had slaked all his raging teen hormones on. Slaked his teen hormones on. Every chance he got. (laughs) The girl he fully intended to marry and spend the rest of his life. <laughs> with the sort of expensive gifts, cars, and <laughs> homes no, her no, struggling no. family couldn't afford. Paragraph break. <laughs> My personal hell. <laughs> this book is basically pulling on a bejeweled tap out t-shirt that it then rips off to reveal its Purple leopard print Victoria's Secret triple push-up bra with diamante details. It's also so strangely classist. Like at once, it's like slaked his teenage hormones. It's like Bon Jovi, not in the late '80s, early '90s. It's like the Bon Jovi mm. tour it's in my 2007, life. playing all the hits, and it's my life, wearing that like rock belt and like a seashell necklace and like millions of dollars. It's like if this book is a love song, it was written by Keith Urban. <laughs> 
I don't mean to spoil the ending of this episode. It's a nomance for me, gang. <laughs> are we doing that already? I don't know. Are you ready to reach? I could be, maybe I can be convinced otherwise if you have any interest in convincing me otherwise. The thing is, is like this book, the sex scenes stand alone mm-hmm. would probably be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have any dialogue mm-hmm. and if they stopped talking about the outfits. Yeah, they talk about the outfits a lot. Yeah, and they're all, not good outfits. No. This book is like drooling and sweating all over itself in a way that is not hot. To be perfectly honest, I thought several of the sex scenes were extremely hot. Yeah, but it's like if you could take them out of their context. Which you can. Like the way in which these sex scenes are not moving the story or the relationship forward is super true. Like it's cut and paste. Yeah, but like some of it does involve his internal monologue, Mm -hmm. which is pretty gross at times. It is truly horrific at times. But other times like his internal monologue is actually kind of and maybe like this is Stockholm Syndrome but like she tries to tell him about his son when they're getting their app sampler at the stupid bar after they've already had sex three times she's like there's nothing keeping you here come to New York I've already done everything I'm in love with you you're in love with me there's nothing keeping us apart it's clear that we are like meant to be together both physically and emotionally Mm -hmm. anything in conflict with that is just your own bullshit like get over it and she's like well it's not true I have a son and then he immediately like oh fuck and like goes super silent and gets super pale and then he's like where where's the father and all of this and she's like well he's not in the picture and then he's like fine I'll take you and the kid and I was like whoa I'm not turned on by this but like that immediate sort of like there's no question that this child will then have me as a dad and will have all of the rights and privileges that I can convey and like the way in which this other part of you that I never envisioned is going to be part and parcel, of course. But he's, like, very broken. Like, I just think he doesn't think about other people's autonomy. Right? He's not thinking about Faith's... Certainly not about Faith's autonomy. Yeah, he's not. He's like, okay, well then, boom, I fixed it. I like the kid. And also, there's this scene after they decide that they're going to be together, and he's talking... Well, first he talks about looking at her boobies in her tank top (laughs) and low-slung jeans that showed off her magnificent ass. And it says he sees Faith walk up to his mother, and he says the two Mrs. Santoses they're not married. It was also a chance to make sure Faith wasn't at the store buying condoms. Yes he was moving fast. He always had. But they had a lot of years to catch up on. Making sure Faith wasn't at the store buying condoms this is abuser behavior. Totally. That's really gross. Throughout the book it's all abuser behavior. Yeah. If this were a shifter romance he would be an alpha. It's awful. Yeah. Alright so I guess like what's the sexiest part? Other than that first line where you get hard thinking about motor oil yeah is that was that the sexiest no there's uh god she's so weird the way that she thinks for him or like thinks in his stead i know like i'll get to the sexiest bit but like there's this line because they're having sex for the first time in the book in the book crazy hiss shuddering blah blah blah. you're burning up so fucking tight squeezing me like a fist ew her hand moved to his bare hip her heavy eyelids lifting so she could watch him move sex was an art for miguel even as a teenager hot with hormones and inexhaustible energy he 
he'd had finesse. Orgasm was just a bonus for him. The buildup to getting there was what he really savored. His haste to get inside her, his crudity told her how hurt he was. And I was like, this is a weird thing to think while someone is inside of you moving. Well, it's like, oh, you're being coarse because you're hurt. And I was like, Faith, this is weird because like this is A, not what he's telling you. And B, yeah. you haven't seen him in 12 years. How can you possibly know that this is this thing inside of him? Which is like sort of, again, this like this moves into conversations about like shifter romance or like faded pairs because yeah. they feel very much like they're trading on a faded pair trope. What's a faded pair trope? It's like you're fated to be, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, fated. Yeah, faded pair. Not okay. faded like jeans. But yeah, fated, yeah, yeah, fated, fated. Because like pair. that's the thing where it's like, I know you better than you know yourself. I can think your thoughts for you and maybe with more clarity. Mm. And like that seems to be happening throughout the book for both of them, except it's not because they make mistakes about each other all the time, which is why she lies. Mm. So it's like a faded pair gone wrong. Okay. So in that secret way. Secret baby, secret baby faded pair. Yeah. Shifter. Yeah. Which is fine because like uh, before this, Sylvia Day was working almost exclusively in paranormal and then she got into historical and then she got into contemporary. She did a whole series called Crossfire, which is basically a better uh, Fifty Shades. Oh. Mm-hmm. So my sexiest part, and I think this will kind of tune into something is like a pervasiveness mm-hmm. through the sex scene which is Sylvia Day's willingness to use coarse language mm-hmm. bad words when she's describing things and also in her sex scene dialogue that I thought was really sexy and I think should happen more in romance novels I agree I don't think we should use euphemisms like manhood mm-hmm. or love torch love torch no or slippery wetness yeah like her aching channel I'm like, yeah. well, it's just not, though. Yeah, yeah. This was way better than all of that. Although I will say the expletives in, like, the non-sex scenes were, like, a little over the top. Yeah, I agree with that. In some ways, this, like, felt like a really long commercial for something, and I wasn't sure what the product was. Yeah. Like, the scene was, like, pleasant enough. It always felt like sunset. Yeah. And, like, everything was, like, in sepia, and, like, the dialogue was fine, but not great. Like, I don't know what they're selling. This felt very, like, Skinamax. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. It was costumes, very Skinamax. Settings, super Skinamax. For those of you who don't know, Skinamax is a way to refer to the softcore pornography that is shown on the family of channels known as Cinemax. (laughs) Where you can also watch The Nick, which is one of my favorite. I love The Nick. The Nick is so good. so good. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, this feels like a softcore porn that comes on at, like, 11.35 at night. And it's, like, the one and only skin flick that I ever saw on Skinamax (laughs) was about these three friends who had a threesome and then, like, got drunk and regretted it the next day. Yeah. It again. <laughs> yeah. And everything was kind of sepia tone. And it also felt like yeah. Dawson's Creek in a way. Like this feels like, and part of it's because like it's a second chance romance where it's like high school sweethearts coming back together. And like maybe that's sort of the Dawson's Creek vibe. Or like the Boys to Men music video yeah. for I'll Make Love to You yeah. is very much a plot line that is used in, in Cinemax, Skinemax movies where yeah. it's like, I'm here to set up your home security system. Wow, you're such a dashing small business owner. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we can go go for dinner after this yeah. and then they have sex I'm so proud of the work that you do like yeah. that's part of it realtors yeah. uh, mechanics yeah and uh, the plumber actually does do the job 
in Skinamax movies. Yeah, it's like <laughs> both things get accomplished. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, the pretense exactly. for why they're there. They're having sex, yeah. The plot is <laughs> it comes full circle and they also like smear Vaseline on the lens so it's like very soft focus. Yeah, it's like, it's not, yeah. They're in like a weirdly idyllic setting for someone who's wearing TJ Maxx wraparound dress. Wraparound dress, yeah. It's like yeah. a Cape Cod with like grounds. Yeah, <laughs> with grounds. I do want to say, okay, I want to talk about my weirdest part. Please do. Because I've got it on my mind. Okay. As much as this book was weird, I did think the sex scenes were good. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about the sex scenes, something that kind of broke them for me mm-hmm. was the sexualization of a specific kind of youth mm-hmm. that is pervasive in the sex scenes, not just because the last time they knew each other, they were 18. children, but because they're kind of relying on that, like her cherry flavored lip gloss yeah. that she wears to, yeah. yeah, and like all of these references to like what her body was like when she was a teenager. And how she'd filled out. Yeah, and how she filled out, but also like how she's remained the same in mm-hmm. key ways. It reminds me of like pubic hair management for women, which is... Can you explain that further? I don't know what you... I feel like pubic hair for women is such a sad, dark place where we've all kind of leaned into the infantilization, sexualization of a childlikeness. Like having mm. um, having your snatch snatch bald, you could argue that it's because, you know, if you go on the beach, you don't want your pubic hair to show, which I get. But I mean, in the 60s, people wore bikinis and also didn't, you know, wax themselves bald. I think it's like this whole discussion about like women's hair in general. And yeah. Like, it like gets super but, outsized uh, but, as a story about but, pubic hair. But men justify it to themselves and the fact that they like it through a lot of weird ways. Like there yes. was this Cosmo article where this writer was very honest and she was like I've decided to stop waxing. And this was in like 2000 seven maybe mm-hmm. and she was like I've decided to stop waxing because I was hooking up with a guy and he's like I really like how women are keeping themselves hygienic Ugh. by removing all of their hair and it's like it's not hygienic nope. and removing all of the hair is really like I mean is it functional at all if you remove all the hair from like its function being to protect the stuff and like keep bacteria and stuff out of your labia and vulva I mean like yeah your pubic hair has a function it that's why you're function. growing it yeah but like removing all of it doesn't really have a function outside of infantilization. No, it's like aesthetic and like this gets into like multiple arguments here because like I know as someone who's rocking what is essentially a 70s bush and is unapologetic about it like hell yeah I hear you because A I'm lazy and B like who gives a fuck like I love my bush. Yeah. But I do have lots of friends who have gone the exact opposite on the spectrum and like you know they have these conversations with themselves where part of it is a discussion about aesthetics part of it is a discussion about like what makes them more comfortable and whether or not that's like society's comfort that they've internalized yeah. is like something that certainly constantly needs revision and parsing. I don't know. I I'm mean, not cool with it because I'm using the term infantilization mm-hmm. but I think it does need to be stated like the sexualization of prepubescent yep. girls. It is a society that sexualizes children. Yes. And uh, if you are... Sexualizes children in really weird ways. I had this conversation about Miley Cyrus recently. Participating in it when you remove all of your pubic hair. And it's an internalization of a male gaze and a societal problem. And I don't know. I think you should stop. (laughs) 
There's a hot take. I think you should stop. That's a hot take. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, there, especially, I've heard this argument from my women friends who have extremely active jobs where, like, there's a deal of chafe and sweat that they don't want to deal with that they don't have Great. to. Great. Grow out your pussy hair. That prevents chafing. <laughs> no, it protects but, your skin. But the sweat component of it, where, like, you just That's have That's bullshit. You know it, Isabel. I don't know that it's bullshit because I don't backpack for a living. And I know, like, there are other friends of mine who do it for other reasons. But, like, that's one that I've heard. Like, sometimes you don't want to wear a Do you think hunter-gatherer societies are stripping their pubes to make themselves better hunter-gatherers? You know? They're not. (laughs) Heads up, they're not. Women have been doing things to their pubic hair for hundreds of years. The Brazilian didn't start in the 60s and 70s. No. Started much earlier. Right. I agree that there is a disgusting and terrible sexualization of young women. I think a landing strip is different from getting rid of all of it. And I think getting rid of all of it. Because a landing strip is pubic hair. Sure, but it's like a postage stamp. I mean, why are you drawing the line there? Because at least there's pubic hair. At least there's an indicator that you're post-pubescent. I mean, there are a lot of other indicators that you're post-pubescent too. Um, Your hip size being one. Yeah, that's not really. Come on. There are, like, if I were to get rid of my the beautiful reason, 70s why do people, bush tomorrow, like, you could still tell that I was an adult woman. Right. But why would you get rid of your 70s bush? I wouldn't because I like it. But other people might want to. But why do they want to? I mean, again, like, this comes to a discussion about lots of reasons that people uh, have for oh, doing it. Okay, so Brazilians become popular because of certain cuts of bikinis. swim bottoms, mm-hmm. bikinis. Why do we decide to get rid of all the pubic hair? Because we're sexualizing young girls is the answer to that question. The same reason Love's Baby Soft was a popular perfume in the 70s. The same reason Pretty Baby was nominated for an Oscar. It's all the same thing. I don't know. I'm like, it's the same is, reason we like sexualize super sure. small people. Sure. I like, put them up on a pedestal. Pedestal, certainly. Like, that's the whole Disney problem especially for those poor young women Lindsay Lohan and Miley Cyrus like how it is that you are sexualized but your virginity is sexualized and you can't capitalize on your own sexual agency in that way like I agree I agree with all of this um just let some of your pubic hair grow back I mean but like the grow back is part of the problem too and then you get caught in a vicious cycle right where it's like easier to keep waxing because the grow back is so painful and terrible the grow back is painful and terrible for like one month waxing is constant and it's expensive and it's expensive and it's just think of what you could do with that waxing money and think of who you're doing it for sure but what if you are like and this is this is the thing where like when a trend starts in a bad place but then gets internalized and moved into a space where like women do wax and feel good about waxing for themselves no women wax and feel good about waxing because they think men want to fuck them if they wax and they think other women want to fuck them and their wax then that's the internalization of the male gaze Sure, but also like, what if like that's part of your ritual of feeling good? Like we started this episode where you were like, you know, some of these rituals aren't good, but I still like doing them. I think yeah, like, I don't this- do anything that hurts me. I don't do anything that rips out my hair. I think this might be on the spectrum though, where like now it's become so normalized that some women do it because not only is it part of like a ritual to feel good, but they feel good too. And like that's something that I think is both a problem, but it's bad that they feel good because they are infantilizing their own labia that's bad they're infantilizing their own labia so that men can get sexual pleasure from looking at but what if it's not men and like what if it is you i don't think it is 
I mean, I, I'm just like, I'm not prepared to speak for everybody who gets a Brazilian. Do you think there's someone who's like, holy shit, I look amazing? And if they're saying, holy shit, I look amazing, what context is that coming from? You look amazing compared to what? I don't know. I mean, there's certainly a lot your of- Your full bush self, presumably. Presumably. Which is your womanly of... self, which but... is your natural self. I, I would go with natural self. And, and womanly. Again, I'm not sure like that my you don't... seat of womanhood is my pubic hair. I'm like, I'm not- It is a seat. Again, but like, if we're not going to let manhood stay for manhood in this sense like I'm not sure that like my seat no. of womanhood is going to be like my pubic A manhood hair. is still a manhood whether it has hair on it or not. I meant as like, like a seat of a thing right. Part of our objection to manhood as like a euphemism for penis is But like, I'm not saying it's a seat. I'm saying we shouldn't hurt ourselves because that's what it is when you rip out hair with wax. So we shouldn't wear high heels then either? No. Okay and we shouldn't wear bras then either or any well, kind of. Well as someone who actually needs to wear a bra it does physically hurt me when I don't wear a bra because I'm basically a pug and somehow my family has bred me into this like physically uncomfortable position where it hurts to live the way I do and what if somebody has a bush that is like too whatever whatever to live I mean like this is the problem you should it shouldn't be standard okay maybe that's what I'm saying okay it shouldn't be standard it sure. shouldn't be an expectation it shouldn't be an expectation and I'm there with if you, you get rid of all of your pubic hair you are participating in an economy that sexualizes children right if you are giving money to someone to rip the hair out of your vulva or if you are buying there for the purpose yeah or your ass crack god like it just it shouldn't be an expectation it shouldn't be an expectation and i'm sorry the expectation is coming from men who sexualize children yeah and so like think about it and like think about your reasons for doing it and like here, yeah here, that's what I'm saying sure but like I'm not ready to condemn anybody who makes that choice oh no I don't want to condemn women who make that choice because I think their choice is coming from bad influencers <laughs> but I'm not saying like women who do it are like I want to participate in crushing this like <laughs> no No, but I think like what I was trying to say earlier about this idea of ritual where it's like a Brazilian bikini wax could become part of a ritual that like you feel good in wherein I feel good when I put on shoes that I know will hurt after an hour and a half, especially if I'm wearing a particular kind of dress or a particular kind of jumpsuit and it goes into with like whatever else I do to my face that day and like all of the ways in which I prepare myself and armor for the world that looks at me. I Okay, I can see high heels. I don't think like washing your face and moisturizing your face is the same because because that actually feels good. Sure. Plucking my eyebrows doesn't feel good. And I sure do that. Well, some people enjoy plucking things. Just like some people enjoy popping things. Oh, and some okay. people enjoy picking things. So maybe some people like to be waxed. But you can wax other parts of yourself. Sure. And it is. It's like having pubic hair is an indicator of being an adult. All right. So why are we drawing a line of pubic hair and not going up to like underarm hair? Well, yeah. Okay. Let's go to underarm hair. And I'm fine with that. Uh, no, I'm just saying like it's all one, right? Like they're all pieces of But also of I don't thing. have a problem with people who are like, I don't want my pubic hair to become public hair. Mm. I get that. If you want to wear a bikini bottom, that's a little bit more revealing yeah like go ahead and get rid of your pubic hair but like don't get rid of all of it just I'm like, like a little bit it's just this just landing don't go in strip. don't don't give in all the way to the because it's slowly boiling a frog i don't agree and like this is why i get hung up on your landing strip thing because like when my bush first started to grow in it grew in as a landing strip like when i was an adolescent young woman the way in which my pubes formed on my body was in a very particular way where i had eight all going in one direction it looked like a landing strip. Okay, but that's 
eight all going one direction. It's not a full bush and a strip <laughs> that has been groomed. Sure, I mean, like, my And honestly, I'm not forest. super into landing strip either. Like, this isn't, like, a great place for you to, like, this isn't a great hill for you to die on. Because I'm going to be like, yeah, on any of these Grow it out more. I don't want to sure. die on any of these hills is what I I'm just, saying. I'm disturbed by the fact that we've given men a platform to be like, this looks better and it's okay for me to say that. I mean, but like that's forever. I mean, that's forever, but we should be resisting. Sure. And I think we are. And I think lots of women are. And I think like that's part of the problem. I think if you are a woman who is snatched bald, maybe just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about who you're doing it for. Think about how you came to this decision. And why you want to keep doing it. And why you want to keep doing it. I don't believe it's for your own good. But if you want to, and it's part of a thing that makes you feel good, just think Try about doing it. something else for a while. <laughs> just think about it. You're not locked Try in. Try doing something else for a while. You're not locked in to any kind of hair ever. Next time you want to rip the hair out of your vulva, maybe get a foot massage instead. Maybe pay that lady who does that to massage your face instead. <laughs> and it'll be itchy for like a month. Maybe even more. And you'll be fine. You will be fine. Just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Think about who your pubic hair is for. Yeah. My pubic hair is definitely for me. Totally. And occasionally for other people on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care about those people anymore. I used to feel bad about it, but I'm at a point now where I'm just like, whoa, this is me. Also, fuck you if you're uncomfortable with it. Well, then you can't be like, fuck you if you're uncomfortable with it. They'd be like, here's the thing, though. Like, I can be that about myself and like my own body, but I don't want to speak for other people. But you know, there's lots of people. Yeah, that's true. But you should still think about it. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable with it, why? Yeah. I don't want to speak for other people. I don't like to remind people of my sex organs. (laughs) You know, I don't want people to look at that and be like, that hair is attached to a very specific patch of hair on her body. So that's why. I trim for the beach. Mm. But I I won't fucking... Stop! I just want people to stop. If you're in porn, that would be a really powerful place to stop removing your pubic hair. I think so too. I think that would be a really good place to start. Oh my God. Have you listened to The Butterfly Effect? The John Ronson podcast. It's about internet porn. Whoa. That's actually a really interesting thing because like the only internet porn I look at has wild bushes in it. Yeah. Is it vintage? No. No. It's classy. It's all in black and white though. It's like also it's called feminist porn. So like I think that's like a particular kind of thing the internet's (laughs) catering in my direction. Yeah. Like that's kind of what the podcast talks about is like Mm. we have all of these societal problems but then we also have for the first time ever an outlet. Mm -hmm. Anyways... This got really weird and awesome. This got really weird. Allow your pubic hair to thrive. Let your freak flag fly. I bet anyone who's like, I'm physically uncomfortable with my pubic hair, I bet if they actually just like let it go for a while, they would be surprised. Maybe. Because your pubic hair grows there for a reason. Sure. And it's to prevent chafing. It's also sweaty. Well, I mean, everything's sweaty. That's true. But who are people- these people who only sweat in the hairy places? <laughs> I think it's like the way in which the sweat collects is an uncomfortable feeling. But it's supposed to collect there. It is. It is. It's probably good for you that it's collecting there. Maybe it's the way that like all that good bacteria gets transmitted so you don't get yeast infections. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Also, I don't want to ask my gynecologist. And I also think there's like the ingrown situation. Mm. There's so much that gets fixed when you stop trying to fix yourself. That's a really good point. What was the weirdest part for you, Isabel, of the book? (sighs) The weirdest part of 
revved up for me was how old the secret baby was. Normally, Infant or bust. <laughs> normally, secret babies aren't more than five in my limited experience of the trope. So having a full-on 12-year-old who's about to like become a young man was very strange, especially for such an alpha machismo dude. Like, and he, to be not denied fatherhood in that way was like, whoa. Do you know when Miguel like, first is like about to meet Michael and he's like, she named the baby the anglicized version of my name. Except I don't think he says anglicized. I think he does. He's educated. He went to Princeton. I don't think he says anglicized. Anyways, he says the anglicized version version of my name. I bet she did that because she was so horny for me. (laughs) He does definitely think that all the time. Yeah. She was so horny for me. Yeah, that was the weirdest part, that the kid was so old. It felt like a long, perpetrated uh, lie. Like, one that is really hard to come back from. So Mm -hmm. then his recovery of the lie was also, like too quick but it's only a novella so like again all of the plot is just in service to the sex scenes yeah uh which are okay yeah nothing to write home about yeah yeah if you're into blowjobs though i think this is one of the best blowjob scenes i've read also like the specific kind of cunnilingus like the fact that she talked about the way in which he moved his tongue and like made it oh yeah yeah like that was fascinating to talk about the way in which you can move your tongue and like reading it in like literature it's like what are you doing with this anyway he turned it into a spade she, she does licking her ball though with the spade of his tongue she's very like corporeal yes she's very corporeal she doesn't get into a lot of like holocaust of emotion stuff no. at all. She doesn't even get within poking distance of no, that she's stuff. like 100% inside the body. Which is, I think, why they work so well. I agree. This is a very body-centric book. Yeah. Uh, it's trash. I hate it. It's a nomance. No, it's not trash. I don't hate it. This is not one of my favorite Sylvia days, uh, but it was a novella and it had a secret baby, so I wanted to read it with you. Uh, <laughs> but I would say a romance. This is the second time I've read it, and I think like the sex scenes are good. This is the second time you've read this? Obviously. I had to know it to like recommend it to you. You to read recommend? It. I thought you just were like, what's a Sylvia Day novella? Let's do this one. No, it has secret baby. This is the second time I read it. I read it for the first time five or six years ago when I first started reading Sylvia Day. This was sort of a launching point for me for her other books. Not my favorite, but like certainly you liked it enough to, to read, read it, it again. again. Yeah. Wow. Well, so it's a romance. A, it's a no man's for me. I think all the people in it are gross. I think the <laughs> outfits are tacky. Yeah. I think I think she could have tried a little harder with the plot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people always make this assumption that romance novels are just porn for women, mm-hmm. and they do it in this really, like, disparaging way. This one truly is porn for women. This one truly is just porn, and it comes across as, like, porn for women in the worst way possible because the plot is so <laughs> shitty and dumb, and it's like, motherhood, yeah. but her vagina's still tight. <laughs> and she knows how to work with cars. Yeah, exactly. It comes across as, like, the worst possible version of that, and I was embarrassed for everyone involved. No man. <laughs> On that note, loosen your stays. Never your lug nuts. (laughs) Until next time. Hey folks, it's Morgan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. Our logo is by Mary Reichman and our original music and editing is by Nick Gravelin. They're the best. Feeling woeful about waiting a whole week for more Womance? Well, chin up, buttercup. You can creep or connect with us anytime on Twitter. We're at woe underscore mance or Instagram, womance, all one word. You can also find us on Tumblr at womance.tumblr.com. If you prefer to be more 
direct. Why not send us an email? We're womancemail at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. And don't forget to tune in next week.